So all the sound is happy. We're all happy. Yep. I'll start with this, and then we'll kick in with whatever we're going to talk about. Welcome, one and all, to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. Today's edition is a little more spontaneous than usual, because I'd been on a short holiday and so I failed to do my usual prep. Happily for me, and I hope yourself, dear listener, I was rescued by my old mate Sandy McGregor, who turned up for our usual natter with quite a lot to say. I think we may have to keep him around. Anyway, it would be even ruder of me to keep him hanging around waiting, so once again let's crank up our nice and shiny time engines and head over into the great unknown. Well, it is for me, anyway. Okay, it's peculiar, really. It's peculiar, really, because I've just got back from being away. Being away from home for the first time in what seems like ages, thanks to... Well, we know what's going on in the world, don't we? Anyway, having spent the summer huddled away from all of the terrifying shenanigans that the world had to offer during the summer... I was in Ambleside this weekend, I was in Ambleside, and even that remotely secluded part of the world, even there, I couldn't escape from the influence of television. as one of the car parks had been seconded by a film crew for the week to film some series or other coming soon from Netflix. And they really needed to use the nearby Rydal Caves and, in order to do so, nearly made it impossible for me to park up on a Friday and have lunch in my eatery of choice. Apparently, this also meant the old Superman himself and recent Mission Impossible co-star Henry Cavill, or Cavill, Cavill, had been spotted on the streets of Ambleside, which must have thrilled them. The same car park had also apparently been nabbed by the new Top Gear team recently as well, so it's all going that particular Hollywood by the mere. Exciting stuff, I'm sure. But sorry, folks, I won't be watching. Instead, I shall sulk because you nearly cost me my lunch. It is funny, though, being in another part of the world where Freeview actually gives us a wider range of channels than we get at home. Obviously, a lot of those channels were there to try and sell us various bits of tat or to demonstrate crafting and jewellery-making skills, but they still had novelty value for us. Well, at least until the signal broke down, which you did an awful lot, actually. That said, heavily pixelated views of scrapbooking pages were kind of artistic in themselves, so that proved to be quite mesmerising to us for a while. The interesting thing, well, I hope it's interesting, was finding the channels that remained strong enough to punch through all of that weather-related nonsense and give you a strong enough signal to actually be able to follow the plot of something, at least until the last two minutes, when everything seemed to turn to abstract blocks of TV art again. It was the weekend, unfortunately, so the main channels offered little of interest, and those weekday old TV delights of talking pictures were also not available, but their collection of classic films were always worth a go. Sadly, the most consistent channel seemed to be CBS Drama, Uh, so there was wall-to-wall NCIS to be had from various seasons, or... For just a bit of variety, NCIS Los Angeles, which somehow always managed to present us with exactly the same episodes we saw last time we went anywhere that was playing it. Although we did draw the line at watching Walker, Texas Ranger. The other two series we reacquainted ourselves with were Scorpion, 
the kind of MacGyver-style thing that my better half used to quite enjoy, and CSI Cyber, the latter being by some margin the least successful of the CSI franchise. Despite some wonderful lead actors in Patricia Arquette and Ted Danson, it's not great TV. One of the peculiarities was that they didn't seem to know where to put the opening credits, so you had to sit through at least six of what we used to think might have been Horatio Kane leading lines in CSI Miami before they got to them. In fact, I thought I'd missed them, so much of that episode had gone before the Who kicked in. All a bit of a mess, really. And when we got home, we relaxed with Murder at the Vicarage, starring Joan Hickson as Miss Marple, which was just what we needed, a nice cosy murder mystery to kick our walking shoes off in front of. Meanwhile, back in sunny Mount Chesterford, Sandy's back to save my full English. Hi, Martin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What's happening, Martin? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? I wish I knew. Welcome back to Vision on Sound. What would you like to talk about today, Sandy? Oh, I always hoped you were going to ask me a question other than what I was going to, what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, there's been no planning, no planning this week. We're, we're, we're flying free. I was actually going to wonder, I was wondering, generally, if we could maybe talk about... If you, if you, if you had staggered from the wreck of a, of a, of a, of a, a <laughs> ship that had just been sunk in the, in the ocean <laughs> and, you, and you were the only survivor and all the post-traumatic stress that you'd be dealing with and all of the... And there happened to float up in a little box next to you <laughs> the means to watch, I don't know, oh, let's say ten uh, of your favourite television shows. What would those ten television shows be, Sandy? Would, any, would you have any of them in your head? At the <laughs> wow. Yes, we're, we're, yes, we're not... Next week we'll be uh, ripping off Supermarket Sweep, but today... <laughs> Well, what would I be? What would I be watching in my, my top ten? Well, I recently, you know, to, to remind me that modern life wasn't all that good, <laughs> though the drama was. I, I, I would be going back for the boys from the Black Stuff. Ah, I Black Stuff, think, which I've recently revisited, mm-hmm. and I just think it's a kind of a fantastic shot of a, a certain period in time. Mm. Is that a show you've seen a situation. few times? Oh, I think it's maybe seen it three or four times. And every time it, it, it gives you something. You, I've, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's one you would definitely go back to. And, and yeah, there are, there are shots in it, there are phrases in it, mm-hmm. there are things that, you know, I might not have seen it for 10, 15 years, but I know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think it's a, a great, great piece of drama. So you go, remind us a bit about it. It's uh, six... Seven? Uh, five episodes. Oh, five. Five. And it, it comes... Obviously, there was original play for today. Yes. Which was The Black Stuff, mm-hmm. which was a relatively kind of lighter piece mm. about a gang of people who work on The Black Stuff going up to uh, Middlesbrough. Right. And... Uh, Doing, doing a foreigner right. when they're up there, and it all goes, it all goes terribly wrong, mm. and they lose their jobs. And right. the, the the end of the uh, the piece is well, the original play for the day is them kind of making their way back to Merseyside, right? And the, and what uh, the future holds, and the future holds, and the future right. isn't very good okay. for them when they get back there. Right. So there this are is, um, late seventies, was it, or early eighties? Yeah, early eighties. So I'm going the for early days of the Thatcher experiment. Yes, with the North. That's yes. it. So they're basically kind of scrabbling around for little bits of work, okay. doing stuff uh, while claiming 
and that's that's still in the original film. That's no, this this is so, so, they, yeah. so the series it, it, picks it, up from pick, where they picks were, up right? on okay. on where they've gone. Okay. And how many? How many? Say so. There are five films. Five, and they they kind of concentrate the. The, the first one, they are doing work for a, a builder who okay. won't give them proper work, but will give them cash in hand, ah. so they can carry on doing that. And right. uh, so all all the original characters are uh, are still in there, right. still uh, doing we'll survive uh, the play, doing their stuff. So yeah. that's the kind of. Uh, yeah, so does, it, does each episode concentrate on a different? I, I, I really, I, yeah, it's a long, most, long time yeah, since most. I, saw it. Yeah. The, I mean the uh, the main character they focus on is uh, Michelangelis. Right. Uh, as, uh, late lamented. As Chrissy Todd, yes. yes. Recently late lamented. Recently late lamented. And we also look at uh, the old foreman, who's uh, Dixie Dean, right. as he is known, which is Tom Jorkson. Right. So each play is sort of... Focuses, or yeah, focuses around okay. a different one. Okay. Uh, there's Peter Kerrigan, uh-huh. uh, who plays the old union organiser. Right. And uh, it's called George. George. And is uh, the final... Episode is kind of when he passes away, and there's the start of the kind of redevelopment of the Liverpool docks. Oh, then, okay. because it, it's filmed a lot of the kind of final episode is filmed with uh, him remembering the old days in the docks mm. and what it was like there, and they're obviously disused. Right. And before all the kind of uh, the Tate Modern, not sorry, Tate Modern, the Tate Liverpool yeah, gets built there, and all the kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a kind of. Uh, you know, it's the end of the end of one era and, and the start of the the, the start of a start of a start of another one, yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, there is. And a, you watch this for fun. I watch <laughs> this for fun. Yeah, it just well, it it, it you know, it, it's part of my mm. part of my youth, I suppose. Yes. Is uh, is that year? I mean, that was the the era when I'd left school and right. gone to university, and obviously, kind of things were things were changing. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. Around about then. Yeah. I, Early eighties was when I went to yeah. to my further education, such mm-hmm. as it was. But uh, but you did sort of get that <laughs> feeling certainly by the mid eighties that everything, if, you know, if you were young and boer, was was not holding it together at all. No, right? by no. that stage. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, yes, there was a lot of there's quite a lot of drama about those times. But uh, I think the what I think the Yossa episode is the one that gets yes. played. That's the one you always see clips from these days, if yeah. you're going to show any clips at it's all. A, it's, an, I mean, it's an absolutely fantastic performance mm-hmm. by Bernard Hill. Bernard Hill, who I must say at the time I had no idea who mm. Bernard Hill was. Mm. And obviously he's gone on to uh, really... Earth. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a top actor. Yes. And uh, it's just an amazing mm. performance by him. It's just as... His job gave him his uh, sense of being who he is. So, so you take you take the job off him, and he's uh, he's just totally lost. Yes. I think um, what's her name is in it as well, isn't she? Um, Julie Walters. Ju- Julie Walters. Julie Walters plays. Who's uh, a bit of it's a bit of a a regular with Leesdale, you know. Yeah. I mean, as as I'm as I'm sure some people are aware, I'm, there are bits of Leesdale that don't necessarily hold up as well but you th- yeah. that's kind of prime is that his first breakthrough play uh, well he'd I'm, I'm trying to think where the muscle market right fits in okay. as well is that play for today that was a play for today right might have been it was certainly in that uh, in that era mm. and I had uh, one big at the other because obviously somebody saw that play for today and went oh series there's a series in yes it. and mm-hmm. there's five hard hitting films about 
being unemployed in the north. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. and cheery things yeah. like that. Yes. But yeah, that's that's one of the one of the bits of kind of TV that I'll kind Has of. Has it ever uh, been revisited at all? Has it, there's never been a sort of. Twenty years on, what, no. happened, what happened? Yeah. Next thing? Whatever happened. In fact, in fact, you know, if you think whatever about it, happened to the black stuff, <laughs> if if you, if you ever think about, you know, we, we discussed recently the remakes and reimaginings. Mm. The black stuff actually you think fit, fits in that uh, that category because it went from being a play yes. to being five individual mm. plays. Yeah. And of course, we are yeah, to a certain extent returning to. Uh, well, yeah, let's not be political, political, but. We are sort of returning to an era that feels very similar in a lot of yes. ways, you know, yeah. uh, unemployment and poverty and everything like that. And it's, uh, as I suppose, maybe it's it's worth a rewatch. <laughs> yes. Well, on your desert island, <laughs> while you're su- while you're suffering your post traumatic stress syndrome and <laughs> trying to build a shed and eat and <laughs> things, and you think, oh, I'll, at the end of the day, I'll kick back and watch the telly. Some cheery old Liverpool misery. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me of other miserable times. <laughs> Boys from the Black Stuff info dump. Boys from the Black Stuff was written by Alan Bleasdale. And the Black Stuff, the original play for today, was filmed in 1978, but was not transmitted until January 1980. A standalone play, The Muscle Market, was shown in 1981. And then the subsequent series, apparently which had been already mostly written by Alan Bleasdale, consisted of the five films Sandy discusses. Jobs for the Boys, Moonlighter, Shop Thy Neighbour, Yossa's story and George's last ride, which were all transmitted in 1982. Uh, of course, uh, if it was a play for today, there was a documentary, wasn't there recently? Yes, yeah. Uh, a drama out of a crisis on BBC Four. Yep. On the, the 12th of October. Uh, so I'm not sure by the time this goes out whether it'll actually still be on iPlayer. But yeah, it was, it sometimes was like, they let them hang on for a year, don't they? But yeah, I think a year is now becoming quite common for. For a lot of these things, and it was a yeah, it was a fascinating yeah. program. That yeah. one it does make you actually realise that a show like that is that you actually start to think we do a show like this and we can sort of talk about actors and things like that, but actually go into the kind of depth. You know, we'd need to do one a week on every single play, which we're quite happy to do if people <laughs> want to hear that. But you know, you actually feel you could talk for fifty minutes about any of those plays, and they would all fill an hour. And yes, are, you know, there's, there's some astonishing work amongst yeah. that. So uh, I was watching it, and um, I kept spotting actors who I think, oh, it can't be them. But it turns yeah. out it was them, and they were like, children, children actors. Yes. You know? So everybody comes from somewhere, but it's amazing the breadth of talent that yes. was involved mm-hmm. in across the world, the directors, the you know, producers. Yeah. Across, I mean, it's about 15, 20 years, something like that. Yeah, 1972, about 85. 84, so 15 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there that, that had been... Kind of, play, yeah, yeah, Wednesday kind of one-off mm. uh, dramas that mm. were specifically written mm. for the medium. Because I know you, you, um, you're a you're a Potter fan, Dennis. Potter yes. Fan. Mm-hmm. And so, and there were Potter plays amongst that, including Colin Welland and his Mighty Shorts. Yes. <laughs> so that that came out of play for today. I yeah. mean, would you actually? Do you think you could pick and choose half a dozen that were? Were the the, the, ones the, 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 po- the Potter ones. I mean, because yeah. I, I, mm. I know you, you actually, uh, I know you're involved in theatre. Yeah. But would you say there are enough, is there enough in play for today that could be performed as stage plays? Yeah, I mean, certainly, yeah, there is a, a stage version of Blue Remembered Hills, right. which uh, involves middle-aged people right. c- 
for, for performing all kinds of gymnastics around and the stage. Not? And why not? Yes. Um, and I think a few of the uh, Bennett... The yeah, but also or... Brimstone and Treacle oh. is, a, is a stage play. Right, OK. And I don't know if it's... Artemis? Is Artemis in there? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that, yeah. I know that became a film, didn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I, you know, I'm aware of, kind of uh, amateur companies having done Brimstone and Treacle, but I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's done much. But it's it's a deep well of, of writing. Yes. I say, from that... I mean, you could argue that 70 to 80, especially, but yeah. equally, uh, yeah. the following few years were an absolute melting pot of ideas and talent. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. of course, everybody would say that they, I think they kept getting accused of being terribly left wing, didn't they? Yes. But of course, the coming of the Thatch, you know, yeah. basically, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the Thatch, no, <laughs> Mrs. Thatcher. So I can get the words out. Yeah, it's, it's funny how it's it's Mrs. Thatcher, but it, sorry, it's Thatcher, but it's Boris. You know, <laughs> that's the one word. Meaty. Yes. Well. Yes. Well, I, I keep trying to refer in my head. Was it A A D A B D Piffle J whatever his name is? Anyway, yes. No, we'll uh, upset everybody. <laughs> but um, but uh, that that really that really seemed to galvanise a lot of the yeah. the really angry writers in yeah. the last five years. You know. So. Things like United Kingdom. I know Leeds United was a lot earlier. Yeah. But uh, and con- cause country was quite a late one, wasn't it? In the end. Right. Was it not? I can't remember. It could be. Yeah. See, I watch, should have watched this documentary better. That's my. Yeah, yeah, I've got <laughs> in that horrible way. I've got doc. Sorry, I've got country recorded, but not yet watched it. Ah, it's so stored up for. How many are they showing? Do you know? Because I, I know. I the, don't know. I know it's, um, the, I think BFI have just released a few as well. On, yes. On disc. Uh, and again, it's, it, but when you think there's something like 200 plays or something, that was an amazing. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, again a deep well. I know, I know, like with everything yeah. from the early 70s, a lot got junked because they'd never be seen again. Yeah, and suddenly there's people who went, "I'd like to see them again, please." <laughs> no, we we accidentally recorded <laughs> over those. They're like when your mum used to you put your favourite film on and, and the VHS, <laughs> and your mum would accidentally record Crossroads over it or something. You know. It's, uh, <sighs> There's a lot of that. That was actually that was the moment in that episode that really, really upset me in that documentary. Was when you saw the engineer doing that. <laughs> I mean, for any old TV fans who know about the amount of junking that went on, and how they recycled the video, and you see that engineer grab that disc and put it in that electromagnet, and you just <laughs> and press the button. Oh, honestly, I, I felt heart skipping all over the country from from archive TV fans who just went, "No, don't do it." <laughs> And they know that's the one thing, that's that key play that's definitely been missing for 30 years. Yeah. And that was the moment it went, you know, and it's oh, terrifying for people. But yeah, there's, there's a couple of the uh, the Alan Bennett ones are actually stage plays, and I'm not right. sure whether they were plays play for today or whether they came after that. There were one or two that they said that were stage plays that they adapted. Yeah, Abigail, Abigail's Party is in that. Uh, mm. uh, you think of Abigail's? I like it. Mm. Yeah, it holds up. No, the director said he was. He can't watch it. It's too <laughs> awful. Well, let's do his ex misses. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah. it's, it's. He says that technically it's all over the place. But yeah, but it's. Uh, it, it is. It's a much more. It's more stagey than a lot of what you see in in play for today. Generally, yes, yeah. it's it's one location and it, it betrays its mm. its stage roots when you put it on stage. It's kind of the uh, the camera pointing at uh, you know a stage performance. And I mean these days, it, it's a common thing to do a live broadcast 
mm. of a stage production. Oh, yes, and this, yes. Uh, what's it called? NT Live. National Theatre Live. And, and that, uh, are, other, other, yeah. other, other theatre companies, companies are available. Are available. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly not at the moment. Okay. Well, no, but... Uh, but, yeah, when you... It's a way of getting audiences at all at the moment, yes. though, isn't it, actually? I mean, they, mm. they, the, the work they did in the summer showing the, uh, the, the sort of archive stuff yeah. was... I think may have saved their bacon. In yeah, but you know when when you watch these kind of uh, performances, the modern ones, you realise how far we've come from just sticking two or three cameras oh, at a stage. Right. You know the the angles, yes. the kind of yeah. the shots that they've picked yeah. for these modern ones yeah. are very carefully. Yeah. I saw a clip crafted. recently of a very early, I think nineteen fifty two episode of Robin Hood. So it's when Patrick yeah. Troutman was Robin Hood, oh. and you can actually see the, the they had a slide to make the set look a bit more like a forest, yeah. a big white area, yeah. and you actually see the point where they, they lean in and take it out. They don't wait for the camera to change. <laughs> People at, in the fifties were learning how television, yeah. were, and they kind of forgot that uh, it's alive. You know, yeah. we'll cut first before you do that because it was they had the background upside down, so they yeah. had to quick flip it over. But it's, but thing, things got better. And yes, I mean because uh, when you think about it. Rightly or wrongly, that idea of there being real, proper, hard-hitting drama for an hour, an hour and a half on a weeknight in Pranta, yeah. when there were only at that stage three channels, yeah, you kind of think it's astonishing. They got incredible viewing figures. I mean, I know there was in those days, you, had, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, what always got me was when we had three channels. We had pe- I knew people who would never watch BBC Two. It, was, it wasn't for them. Yeah, <laughs> and you kind of think, well, it's kind of for everybody. Really, yeah, you know, but um, yeah, and and so so they would restrict themselves to two channels. Of course, now Liberty yeah. Hall, uh, Sandy Liberty yes. Hall, absolutely. I've forgotten your name there. That's, kind of, that's <laughs> brilliant. Liberty Hall with the names. So you think a few a few plays? Would you be restaging them on your desert island? That's what I'd like to know. Oh, would you? Can, can I bring Alison Steadman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what your mission to say about it, but uh, no, it's. Um, it's kind of things interesting, though, that uh, you're, you're drawn to drama. Yes, yeah, I'm a big fan of live theatre. Yeah. And it's more miserable, the better. I more mean, miserable, yeah. What do you think about the band ones, you know, like scum? Yeah, well, it's... Do we feel now that they're less intimidating or scary or or, or bannable than they were? Or would they get even more bad? Or would they just not make plays like that? No, I, don't. Oh, I know they don't yeah. make that sort of television anyway, but... Yeah, I don't think there's the... You could broadcast it mm. now. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen it on television. Yes, uh, and the film ver- there's a film version as well, isn't there? I, uh, think. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, Possibly. and it's uh... possibly because no one could see it on the telly, so they've got the script and it's yeah. quite good. And you just think, kind of, mm. yeah, you know, it's like uh, mm. it's not dramatically exciting or didn't yeah. feel particularly. Yeah, it was sort of shock value. Perhaps, yeah, the the, the the shock value. It's not gonna. It's not going to get me up and kick the TV in no. or something like that. It's well, just... you've mellowed with age. So. Maybe, yes. maybe 30 years ago, you'd have kicked the TV. I, I could have got my leg up that <laughs> high. <laughs> you'd have gone the full Vivian. <laughs> get this out of here! Yes. No. Play for Today, Info Dump. Play for Today was an anthology drama series produced by the BBC and transmitted on BBC One from 1970 to 1984. During the run, more than 300 plays, many of them original television plays, some adaptations of stage plays and novels, were transmitted. The individual episodes were anything from 50 to 100 minutes, and several of them were considered so impressive that uh, they became 
much-loved television series like Rumpole of the Bailey afterwards. And two of them were banned, one of which was Brimstone and Treacle, the other of which was Scum, which was indeed made into a movie two years later. So, um, what about documentaries? Would you, would you want any documentaries with you, do you think, in terms of your all-time uh, stuff? Ooh. I mean, I've, so yeah. again, it's one of those things I've recently been watching, well, I've got the, uh, the Culloden yes. set. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether that's required viewing up in Scottish schools. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not very keen on. Yeah, I suppose if you're talking TV documentaries, yeah. well, uh, this, that's a, the, sort of the drama documentary. Yeah, the drama. Uh, yeah, there's a form that I always find weird. One I don't like, and I, it came in a few years ago, is when you would be having a documentary, say about Isambard Kingdom Brunel, and you'd be, yeah. looking, like, you'd be watching mm-hmm. them build the ship, and it'd be all very, and then suddenly they'd get an actor in a tall hat yes. to address yeah. you as if, oh yes, we went in on Thursday. I thought, what yeah. is the <laughs> not not my favourite uh, documentary form at all. Yeah. Especially and, when you look at some of the documentaries that have been made over the years. Yeah. I mean, the other one, uh, War Game, for me, which is a dramatized yes. documentary, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's yeah. kind of a way of telling that story yes. that couldn't be told any other way, mm-hmm. apart from just having a lot of scientists in, in lab coats going, yeah. we've got a bomb, you know, which wouldn't <laughs> necessarily work quite as well, I don't think. Not that it's been as effective. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the Ken Burns ones now. Right. I think your, your Ken Burns one to watch the, the American Civil War one. Oh. Right. Which is very good. And also the Vietnam one was oh. quite stunning. Right. OK. And I think the, the, the reason the Vietnam one was so stunning for me because as somebody who was born in 1962, mm. the Vietnam War is a kind of strong... Backdrop to your early Strong years, yeah. backdrop to... It was to, always on the TV. That's, that's what was on the news. Mm. Uh, Helicopters and... Yeah. Yeah, and just the things... The glorious black and white. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to see... The, the beautiful job he made of that, the, the, the new documentary, mm. where he's going talking to people from mm. both sides yeah. and how they saw it at the time, how they see it now. Mm. And, you know, seeing people like John McCain and John mm. Kerry yeah. and going, well, there they are as, as young men really making an impression. And, yes. you know, they've kind of, they were, they were forged in the, the heat of... What went on then? And the, the well, the other great, great documentary of my my childhood, mm. which must have been the World at War. Oh yes, the World at War. That is a great series. Which, I still feel that there are parts of that that should be compulsory, even to yeah. just to remind people that it isn't, it isn't, it isn't just a shoot 'em up. No, uh, you know it's it's not fun. You know? Yeah, I mean the the kind of just the that blood. was a generational thing, though, wasn't it? That was literally the last chance they had for a lot of those yes. people to actually yeah. give their mm-hmm. testimony there their live stance or, or what mm. the eyewitness testimony yeah. of what they'd actually seen. Yeah, and I mean, what it, the one shame about it is that they dubbed the people who didn't speak English, mm. which you would never do now. No. But, you know, to get the, the people from Russia yes. and Germany, yeah. uh, France, you know, to actually, to hear them saying their own words. Yes. Uh, that, you know, that's a kind of... What they did and what they experienced. But, you know, that was... That was a kind of the state of documentary mm. filmmaking at that time. That was quite quite acceptable. But now you just think, oh. There's also the the uh, ten part one on the First World War that was a few years earlier, yeah. which was again just as powerful. But of course, that really was at the very back end of when you could get. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's six, well, fifty years on, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. it was it was touch and go. Yeah. To get people, but I think there is a lot to be said for the 
the actual voice of an actual person. You know, I mean, okay. yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of vox pops. I don't think that. No. It's, on the news these days, when they when they go, let's go and talk to the people of Manchester and see what they <laughs> think, and they go, oh, it's, no, I'm not, not really bothered, you know, mm. unless you're actually going to give some insight. Yes, that's that's you know, it's actually a bit of a waste of time. But yeah. in those documentaries, you're talking to people who actually do know what they're talking they, about. They, they really have and something to say. Yes. They, they have something to say. Yeah, and it does have a lot more power, actually. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting. I've been watching. How, I don't know how you consume your television. We, we do have. We I try. Have, I try not to eat it. No. <laughs> fair, fair, fair point. Because we have got we've got Netflix. <clears throat> I'm not allowed to say that, but uh, we've got <coughs> Netflix, and um, we we get sucked into an awful lot of their documentaries. Uh, but yeah. interestingly enough, I was watching their Five Came Back, which is based on a book about uh, five uh, film directors who went off to film propaganda yeah. in, in the Second World War. And it's interesting that uh, Stevens, I think it's Stevens as the chap, who who ended up becoming the the, the documentaries he started making because he was one of the first people into is it Belson or Dachau or yeah. Auschwitz, one of those. And he 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 immediately realised that his job was no longer making propaganda. It was no longer making documentaries. It was about actual testimony. It was about mm. recording what was happening. And his films were used in the trials in Nuremberg. And uh, yeah, uh, powerful, powerful stuff, and it just goes to show actually what what film can do, you know, and and obviously film, but what film can actually do to actually show people because it's all and people tell you it's fake now. That's the annoying thing, but yeah. it actually shows people, and this is why I think again going back to World at War that certainly that episode, the the Holocaust episode, yeah, is a, an. A, incredibly powerful hour of television that yeah. you really feel people should see it might, it's yeah. not the easiest watch by any no. means but it shouldn't be an easy watch no. but you do feel that all the people who tell you that this didn't happen or that didn't happen they yeah. need to be made to see. now they'll tell you that it was all they'll tell you all sorts of bollocks but the truth of the matter is it's a really important document and I think that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing that when documentary does it well, it does it yeah. astonishingly well, you know, mm -hmm. you really get that, you know. The World at War Info Dump. The World at War is a 26-part documentary series broadcast between 1973 and 1974 made by ITV. Tells the story of the Second World War as narrated by Laurence Olivier. The further 10 episodes were made uh, using some of the original footage, which uh, is uh, apparently on the on the DVD set. It's kind of a follow-up to The the Great War, a 26-episode documentary from 1964 on the First World War that was broadcast on the BBC and narrated by Michael Redgrave, which is also well worth tracking down if you get a chance to see it. <laughs> So, should, should I go for something upbeat now? Well, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, we'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll finally rescue you from your island. Right, like, oh, yeah. Oh. Well, you're, you're, you're a doer, Scotsman. You're a doer, Scotsman. Give us some comedy, <laughs> Sandy. Like, uh, what comedy the, would you the, take the, with? The, the, the comedy uh, has got to be Dad's Army. Dad's Army, interesting. Interesting. Uh, and the, the, the kind of... the. The the Jimmy Perry thing was he said don't write a document sorry don't do a comedy series about something contemporary mm. do it about something nostalgic then right. it will never never date it will never date mm. and it worked for Blackadder to a certain extent as well didn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, what the what's the 
Shakespeare one? Because you were going to go and see the play. Upstart Crow. Oh, you Upstart Crow. Crow. I wanted to see Upstart Crow in the flesh because mm. it is. And 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 circumstances. And circumstances. <laughs> made that not. Came and made that not possible. Mm. But yeah, Dad's Army. I just think it's wonderfully written, mm. uh, wonderfully observed. Mm. Well, it's uh, a group of fantastic actors, isn't yes. it? Yes. I mean, and. And it's funny, I was talking online a couple of days ago about whether or not there are any quotes of that sort of character actor available yeah. anymore. I mean, there are, obviously, there are mm-hmm. character actors in the world. But it's just that sense. I mean, if you watch a lot of the t- kind of telly I watch, kind of telly you yeah. watch, the, the same faces pop up in small roles yeah. here and there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. But what Dad's Army did was bring a whole load of those kind of people who would turn up in the Avengers or the Saint or whatever, yeah. and actually who had been all been working for what 40, 50 years at that stage, yeah. and had all that wealth of talent and ability and and, mm. and mutual self-loathing, yeah. and, <laughs> and and were able to come together to create something which is quite timeless in many ways. Yeah. And it's astonishing to me. I mean, it's John Lamez. John Lamez. Yes. <laughs> it's just perfect, isn't it? Because when they've tried to recreate it, it never seems to quite gel in the same no. way. No. I mean, it's not, you know, they've been the. Uh, have you seen the new ones they made? Yes, I saw the, the, the three. The, yeah, the three missing episodes that they, yeah. they, they re filmed. Yeah. Did you watch the feature film with uh, Toby Jones? Have you seen I don't that? think I did. No, I, I, I just. I thought it was it, it would kind of it would mess with the the original uh-huh. in my keep it pure keep the yeah. memory pure <laughs> yeah no fair enough that's fine it's uh, it's and again that's well, I think we were away somewhere once upon a time and they had a load of DVDs on the shelf and that was the most watchable thing oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have seen that well, it's the only time I've seen it. but I think the McNally ones because he's uh, I mean he's done quite a lot of recreations of Tony Hancock yeah uh, mm-hmm. on audio as well right uh, I think he did one. TV, but uh, they are a, a modern recreation. Yeah, and it and it works. I don't think I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I do think you miss the original. It's a bit like when when they do the radio that the missing Hancock's. Yeah, the guy doing Sid James is good, but he's not Sid James, and there's yes. something unique. About yes. It. Now, okay, you might argue that if they'd had a completely different cast fifty years ago, it would have that they would just yeah. we'd mm-hmm. still feel just as warmly as them because you know how could we know what the, you know we never yeah. saw the other one you know unless there's been some time slippage and there we're actually in the dimension where John Pertwee <laughs> was was Captain Mannering which apparently nearly happened oh. it doesn't it doesn't no. compute at all no it just you can't see that because yeah. basically Arthur Lowe was brilliant Yes, he, and, he is. He is Captain Mannering. He is, and and nobody else can really do it. No, I mean I have the same problem with when people try and do Steed. Ralph finds or Riff yeah. finds a Steed yeah. doesn't work for me. No, and there are audio versions. I think Julian Badham yeah. plays Steed mm-hmm. on audio these days, and they're, and they're they're fine. Yeah, you know, but there's something about McNee. I mean, some people say McNee was a terrible actor. Yeah, that's that's their opinion. Mm-hmm. But the point is, he was perfect in yes. that role and Mannering again. Arthur Lowe and John Lamez, yes, well, uh, Sergeant Wilson, mm-hmm. but they're both absolutely perfect in that role. 
Yeah. You could argue, I suppose, that Clive Dunn is a little yeah, bit I, of a character. I always, I always think he's the, he's the weak link in it. Yeah. Well, it's it's a caricature, isn't it? Because yes. it's a lot of its makeup and everything like that. Yeah. And and I suppose it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it, when when they were all sort of popping off and you're like, well, Clive Dunn was supposed to be the oldest one. Yes. <laughs> and he's still he was still with us for yeah. many, many well, years. Well, James Beck was the first to go. Yeah. But of course, he did. Clive Dunn was in a, a, an episode of Hancock's Half Hour. As his old comrade in arms, and right, he's yeah. playing this ancient. So <laughs> I think that was his shtick, the, yeah. playing the old guy. I mean, because he, he did things like Granddad for Kids TV, yeah. and obviously did the uh, the musical, the musical. <laughs> did what he sing? <laughs> if if uh, on the live version we might play in a little bit of Clive Dunn as Granddad there, just we probably won't. Don't worry, I'll, I'll save you from that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We have editorial <laughs> power. <laughs> But um, but that was his thing, and obviously you know don't get me wrong. I mean the whole ensemble piece is great. But John Laurie, John Laurie turns up in was it Thirty Nine Steps? Yes, you know, indeed. <laughs> you know, and pretty much, yep. That's John Laurie. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're doomed. Because <laughs> you could do that far better than me. Ah, so. oh, we're doomed. Ah, that's very good. You say. It's always it's always difficult to do impressionations of languages when you're actually in someone who actually speaks. <laughs> I said languages, accents. Hey, tell me, tell me in old Scottish <laughs> for our old Scottish listeners. <laughs> right. So, so um, yes, so comedies, comedies. So you said it was funny. We were talking about uh, James Beck because they said James Beck was the first to go, which yeah. again is kind of is kind of weird. When all said and done, you've got a cast that are all you know sixties, seventies, yeah, and the, what's the one that you're not worried about at all? Yeah. <laughs> Is is the, is the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like well, not not to wish any ill on him, but uh, Ian Lavender, you know, is he, kind of ironic, wouldn't it be? Yeah, because he's he's just never done anything. Mm, he did a couple of sitcoms, Com- but not much, yeah, no. but it, it's going to be That's, for for the rest of them. It's like yeah. the swan song of their career, but for poor Ian Lavender, mm. he's going to spend the next well. Decades from from whenever it was decades to now yeah. and beyond, doing stuff that's going to be compared yeah. unfavourably mm. with uh, with Dad's army. So. Of course, Arthur Lowe, born in Hayfield. Yes, did you go and see did. his house? I I there? went. Yeah, we. Yeah. I, I took my uh, <laughs> my young companion <laughs> from uh, age nineteen from uh, from down south, Aye. and we went on a walk and we ended up in Hayfield, and I pointed out to her. The, plaque. the the blue plaque uh-huh. for Arthur Lowe. And did she go? Who's that? <laughs> I think she's, she's re- relatively. She's she's studying history, so mm. it's probably you know so it's probably kind of good. Uh, well, it's, it's the only true history there is now. Television history. Isn't <laughs> television <it>? history. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else becomes dubious, but you can show people the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur Lowe fan. I mean, because he did uh, a fair few other things, like Potter and um, you know, Bless Me Father and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's like but a, forever associated. Is it Billy Lyre as well? Is it? Well, of course, he was in Coronation Street. Yes, uh, famously mm-hmm. before before uh, Captain Mannering came and sort of. I, don't, I often wonder, you know, because a lot of people talk. I mean, we talked about this when we were talking about um, typecasting and uh, people leaving shows before they've finished and everything like that. You do wonder whether how many actors resent the fact that people walk up to, oh, it's Captain Mannering, so I've done other things, <laughs> you know, I've done other things you do, you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, because, uh, again, John Lamez has had such an incredibly wide-ranging yeah. mm-hmm. career in all sorts of things, you know, yeah. say. I mean, it's always amazing to me when he turns up in, because he was a big, uh, big 
friend, well, I'd say friend, they had a strange relationship here with of Tony Hancock. But he turns yeah. up in the, the two Tony Hancock films that were made, but also in several of the episodes. He's in The Lift. Yeah. You know, but he's also, he turns up in things as, as a villain in, in The Avengers quite yeah. regularly. You know. mm-hmm. There's John Lamez sort of being being a bad guy is just, yeah. <laughs> just to be seen to be believed because uh, it's not oh, bless him but yeah, it's not nothing to do with his performance at all it's just you you can't help but not think <laughs> of sergeant wilson you just can't do know, it anymore i know his magnificent lines that he just kind of uh let drop off his yeah. uh, his tongue you know would, would you mind instead of much falling in you know, yes there are the, yeah but there are uh, people like uh, carrie grant as well you know who, who who the teenagers won't have heard of now but yeah. uh, but Cary Grant was always really Cary Grant. Yeah. Uh, and mm. delivered it, but immaculate delivery. Yes. But mm. was, you can't help but think it's just Cary Grant. Really. Yeah. And I, and I think mm. of the television actors, people like Lamez are kind of in the same yeah. ballpark, you know. Yeah, we were watching uh, Torn Curtain oh, on yes. Friday, going mm. through my, my box set of Hitchcock. Oh, yes. And uh, there's Paul Newman there, mm. isn't it? And he's just, Andrews, yeah. yeah, and he's just wrong in that role right. because he's an actor. Right. And Hitchcock always had people who, you know, like Cary Grant, mm. who were always playing Cary Grant, mm. you know, and then yes. or even, you know, going to Marnie where he's got old Sean Connery, mm. who always plays Sean Connery. Yes. And suddenly he's got somebody who's an actor, mm. and it feels it doesn't it, fit. It just doesn't. Are you uh, watching, uh, as an old uh, telly fan, are you watching them in the order they were released, or are you random? Are you just being one of these savages who watches episodes <laughs> and films in random order? Yeah, f- f- the films like the Hitchcock ones, are just it's whichever is kind of uh, yes, su- suits our... Uh, it's true, actually. I've got our, the, uh, the British mood. years set off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, yeah, I know. I know we're going into films, and we're not really uh, here to talk about films. But the point is that quite a lot of those Hitchcock and Hitchcockian tropes slip into into films, TV films, in TV dramas quite often. But the other thing about it is, is that the there's been quite a lot of remakes of things like Thirty Nine Steps for television. You know, yeah. And you sometimes think, because I mean, it's Thirty Nine Steps is. 30s, it's 1930s. It, yeah. it can mm-hmm. look quite primitive. Although, yeah. to be honest, Hitchcock in the 30s is not primitive at all. If, you, if you've never seen any, things like Secret Agent feel absolutely yeah. sharp mm-hmm. as attack even now, you know. But uh, you take something like that and you update it, and somehow, I, again, I know we've touched on this in other episodes, but somehow remakes don't quite work as well. You feel that they've, they've, they've found this good script, they realise nobody will watch it because it's 50, 60 years old, so they remake it badly. Well, not yeah. badly, not that badly, probably technically very sound, but somehow they don't seem to quite have the magic, and I think there is, there's magic in all television, there's magic yeah. in all filmmaking, and somehow it, it, it well, as uh, Steve Bochco once put it, lightning in a bottle, but it's trying to recapture something. Yeah, they, 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 they lose the essence. Mm. Of what made it good. Yeah, and again, I mean that that comes and, back to the Dad's Army movie. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not again, it's not a bad movie in itself. No, but somehow it doesn't quite doesn't quite yeah. hit you in the same place. Maybe it's to do with nostalgia. Remember when you were a kid, you were watching it with your mom yeah. and dad or around mm-hmm. the TV all together as a family or whatever. Yeah. But it just there are things to do with certain TV shows that 
that lock into your imagination, I think, and lock yeah. into your, your soul, mm-hmm. or the, you feel a warmth for them. And somehow yeah. that connection is broken by the remake. Somehow, yeah. I don't know what it is. You you can be more critical of a remake, whereas you're not necessarily as critical no. of mm-hmm. the original. You can forgive a lot with an original. I mean, let's face it. Some of Dad's Army is a bit shoddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there are blue screen shots that make you think, ooh, you know. Yeah. There are. Lines in some of the black and white ones that make you think, "Oh, Christ!" I think I believe the the bastard word gets used oh. in in, in, <laughs> one, in one of the black and white um, uh, one of the black and white dad's armies. I think, yeah. and it actually stands out. Yeah, I mean, I know they're describing the Nazis, so it's fair game. But you know, <laughs> but nevertheless, it it just it sticks out because you just don't expect it no. from this cozy thing that's been repeated forever. It's constantly yes. on a loop mm-hmm. almost. You know, yeah. so there was a time when The Good Life was always on. You remember? You know, oh, yes. It's been the Good Life for a while now. But, no. But there was a time when they seemed to get to the last one and go right to the beginning again, <laughs> and it seemed to be on. And, and, and oddly enough, The Good Life is probably pretty pertinent now, isn't it? Indeed, yes. It is, yes. It is downsizing. It's yes, becoming self-sufficient at home. And, and, and not being able to leave the house. <laughs> or afford to leave the house. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of that going on. But something like, I mean, it's, it's interesting when you say about Dad's Army, because Dad's Army was made, and it was made, and it's a period, period piece, yeah. and therefore doesn't really date apart from the, te- the actual tech and maybe yeah. the, odd, the odd line. In, in the same way that uh, Faulty Towers, when it got re-shown, or, or it dropped, or dropped, as the kids would have it, yeah. they said this week the, that uh, iPhone had dropped the iPhone 12, and I thought that meant they weren't bringing it out. Yeah. I'm such a so old. <laughs> so I thought, what do you mean it drops it? We're not doing it. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean it's arrived? Ah, yes. Sorry, sorry, teenagers. <laughs> no, teenagers don't listen to this. Anyway, <laughs> you've got these things that just don't kind of work, you know. No. And <laughs> what was I talking about? Sorry. Faulty towers. Faulty towers. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, so you get some of that faulty towers, and and people think, oh, funniest, funniest comment, and then you actually watch the Germans episode. And yeah. again, the bit they've cut is not the bit about the Germans. Yeah, that's possibly yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what, what language, they, what, what country they make it in German because it's shown in German. Yeah, well, I think no, I think the, yeah. the, the, but there's the, a very bad bit with the major that really needed to be cut <laughs> and has been cut, and you know, yeah. it's it's not good. No, it's yeah, really no, good. I think the, the Germans do that because they, you know, I'm reading about about Germany just mm. now, and they, they understand, don't mm. mention the war mm. kind of thing. But it is Manuel, when it is shown in Spain. Yes, he comes from Italy. Ah, <laughs> that's, it's, see, that's every, every country has these people they don't like. You see, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's it's kind of it's all right to tell jokes about. I mean, wasn't there a thing where, for years, is it in Ireland they used to tell Polish jokes or something? Or Kerry jokes, right? Okay. On Icelandic jokes, yeah. Got... Well, basically, under fun, fundamental casual racism, not not, yes. to, not to be approved of at all. But not nevertheless, yeah. it was kind of like every nation had somebody else. You know, it's like yeah. you know, there's that whole uh, Rowan Atkinson song about how, that's why I hate the French. You know, and it's <laughs> and it's and it's kind of like ooh, nowadays, ooh, that's that's a very bad, very bad thing to say. But it's still it still kind of makes you realise that some of these things are universal. I don't know whether it's the human condition. I worry about the human condition sometimes. <laughs> I really do. It's, uh, it's like we're, we're, 
basically built to dislike everything about something else, but we just don't know what it is yet, you know. So, um, right, so we've got some comedy on your yeah, island, we've got some I... drama, we've got can some I, documentary. Sorry. Yeah, can I add another uh, comedy? Because I recently, oh, right, you d- can, during this in, enforced period of uh, sitting on a sofa watching television, mm. I went back to Father Ted. Ah. And there we go. Mm. That is just wonderful. It really is. I think Father Ted is a, is a wonderful series. Uh, unfortunately, one of its writers tends to upset people now. Yes, so, uh, so, I understand so, that. So people tend to uh, switch. <laughs> so mm. They've all gone, bye. But uh, no, it is, it, it's funny, actually. I, I first heard of Father Ted, weirdly, when I was digging on an allotment in Levenshoe. Yeah. I, it was a crowd of us who all sort of group-owned an allotment yeah. for a time. And one of them was a good Catholic girl, and she just thought, uh, I think we'd been watching it, and someone said, or someone had watched it and said, oh, you should watch this programme. And then she arrived, and they all went, ooh. And she thought it was Hitler. She thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> so, you know. I, I think as, as, a, as a piece of surreal comedy, it is, uh, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's a work of art. But... It's it, like I said, like like things generally. That it's 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 difficult when you're talking about alt because things become toxic for reasons that you would never have predicted, yeah. mm-hmm. and and that is, unfortunately is part of it. So, uh, but yes, uh, but you'd have that with yes. you. Yes, and, and, and you know we're, we're talking about people not wishing to be typecast. Mm. We're all Paul, Pauline McLean. Well, yes. Well, I was thinking more of Dermot. I mean, he's, and, he's I mean that, that is the kind of that is the kind of uh, the, the ultimate. Mm kind of irony in it that, mm. you know, the, the programme had become successful mm. and then he just gets a kind of... doesn't get to enjoy it, you no, know? No, well, yes. And then, of course, you've got Ardle. Ardle O'Hanlon is, is, is a weird uh, actor. He, he, he did that superhero sitcom. Yeah. But, and then turned up as one of the replacement detectives in um, the Caribbean murder-death programme. Yeah. Um, which I can mother, never in, mother in Paradise, is it? Mo- mother, uh, murder, death in Paradise. Death, paradise, death so, in yeah. Paradise, yeah. So, death Island, <laughs> as we like to refer to. Death Island! And uh, and so we did a bit of mainstream, and yet you still think it's Dougal. I'm coming. Yeah. I, I know you shouldn't type trust people. I know you shouldn't, but... Um, no. So, yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in another uh, left-field film for oh, you here oh, in, in, my, in my Desert Island okay. collection. Vacuuming completely nude in paradise. You do watch some incredible films. Is that a bit like the vampire motorcycle one? I will never have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, well, it's got some amazing names in there. Okay. It was written by Jim Cartwright. Okay. Jim Cartwright, famous for Road mm. and Rise and Fall of Little Voice. Uh-huh. It was directed by Danny Boyle. Okay. And it starred Timothy Spall. No, the boatman. The boatman. <laughs> the man on the barge. <laughs> and it's it, basically it was one of these kind of uh, BBC film stroke mm. TV programs that right. kind of was made incredibly cheaply in the, the mid to late nineties. Okay. And it's basically, if you can imagine, death of a salesman. Right. Set in the north of England. Right. With a man who sells vacuum cleaners. <laughs> okay. And I saw it on a, a plane once. Which is unusual in itself. So you, 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 you go on a plane and you look and there's a list of films there and you go... Oh. <laughs> like, and that you know. word nude caught your eye. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I, I, I read about this. I, I missed it when it was on TV. Okay. And I sat there and I laughed my head off. <laughs> 
It is so irreverent, so funny. You don't get them like that anymore. No, I, I think the only one I can think of that's probably comparable, comparable, yeah, is probably the Toby Jones one. Was it the um, the one about the football? Oh so, yes, uh, uh, marvelous or fabulous or amazing or whatever it's. Yeah, yes. But that's about the only thing that feels yeah. comparable in the in that sort of one-off. I know they still make one-off. Yeah. TV movies of that yes. kind of caliber, but they they always seem to these days they seem to be looking for quirky more than anything. But, yeah. So that's so that's your recommendation. I'll of the rec- recommend that one. I shall lend you the DVD oh, sometime, Martin. Enough. I shall put it on the stack that's of the old. <laughs> put it on top of the other one. These days, I'll get some time to watch some television. That's uh, it's kind of uh, the way things well, are going. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a kind of uh, it's a bit of a neglected classic. Mm. You you don't hear it when people say. What a, what a magnificent director Danny Boyle is, <laughs> or all the amazing things Timothy Spall has done. Yeah, no, uh, go and search that one out. Oh, there you go. You are a fan of obscure movies, though. Ah, uh, I like to think it's, uh, it's they're, they're it's not an that obscure. You're trying to teach the world that they're, they're only obscure because nobody's heard of them. That's, that's right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know the. The kind of the stuff that comes up in the uh, the multiplexes mm. doesn't kind of doesn't do it. I float think your boot. doesn't float me. But I think you know it's kind of although Timothy Fall, Timothy Swall does float your boat. Yeah, well, well these you know he got coverage for the uh, the Mrs Lowry thing, didn't he? Right. Okay. With, with him and was it Vanessa Redgrave? Mm, <clears throat> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, about the the relationship. That's between... more your area of expertise than mine. <clears throat> which is... About the relationship between. Uh, Lowry's mother, right. and Lowry. Yeah, I think that one's on Netflix. It might have been oh, okay. on BBC. So he gets coverage for that, and his uh, which other painter did he played Turner, didn't he? Ah, in, in a Mike Lee thing. There's a few, you know, that you can play. You can you can do your you can give your Van Gogh every so often, mm-hmm. or your Van Gogh, or you can give give your Turner, or you can give your Constable, or um, or whichever whichever painter of choice, or your. Michelangelo on his back in your, in your Vatican with your Rex Harrison having a go at you. <laughs> but <laughs> what Spall gave us is Turner. Yes, and he also gave us whatever this character was called in... Uh, <laughs> I better, better see the name again. T- vac- I, told, I told you we didn't do any research this vac- week. <laughs> vacuuming completely nude in paradise. Vacuuming completely nude in paradise. Sandy's recommendation of the week. <laughs> So what else do you want on your island, Sunday, apart from you know a lifetime supply of uh, decent, would you prefer beers or decent whiskey? Uh, or both, preferably. Both, yeah, both I think we'd have to do, <laughs> to do on that one. And uh, you'd need to be able to see football. Oh, yeah, I'd need some sports streaming. I mean, this is the thing, again, another sort of television question, really. Mm-hmm. You're, a, you're, you're more of a sports fan than I'll ever be. Definitely, yes. And you enjoy live sport and everything yep. like that. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion, or do you feel okay about watching sport repeats, old matches? Do you ever watch old matches, or does that not really? Uh, yeah, I can watch. I can watch little bits of things. I can never sit there and watch a, a whole oh, a whole match of something in the past. But there are certain incidents yeah. or or short clips of games that I can. Yeah. So match of the day highlights programs are fine. Are, are fine, yeah. And, and usually on the day. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit yeah. the same with the cricket. I, yeah, I can watch the highlights that day. I know the result, but three yeah. weeks time, I've forgotten it ever existed. And that's my problem. I mean, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, like, like with most of the television <laughs> watch, I forget it. The minute I've talked about it, it's gone. But um, so you got something with football. 
is that yeah. obviously, every so often they do decide to reshow the World Cup final 1966, don't they? And, and it's not like nobody knows how it's. Yeah. Do you think actually the element that knowing the outcome actually makes the rest of it less entertaining? Or do you not find that? Or do you find something new? Yeah, I think it's you. You you remember you remember watching it the first mm. time, and you remember what you felt mm. when you uh, when you experienced it in the. Uh, so would you need? Would you need? What, would you have one specific sporting moment on your on your island oh, that would, you would want to relive forever if you could? Yours to own forever <laughs> on video. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. I think well, there was. The Stockport County, my adopted team, mm -hmm. while I lived down here, had the most fantastic season in 96-97. That's right. 1996, not 1896. <laughs> not, not that old. <laughs> and I, I can watch you know, the, the final moment when they, uh, yeah. they achieved promotion. I can just watch any time, an incredibly yeah. wet Monday night. Yeah. In uh, in Chesterfield, so it's a kind of, it's not cheer, a, cheer you up on your it's, Yeah, it's it's not. Well, the world's so, forgotten who you are. Yeah, you can watch yeah. county county getting promoted. County getting promoted. Yeah. yeah, fabulous. So it's it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? You know, the, the the things that give you comfort, sort of televisually, are, are really kind of very personal. Yeah, like say your reaction. Some people would just think dad's army. Yeah, but but for you, it's it's a magic, and sometimes it's yeah. a magic. Connection with your youth as much yeah. as anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I, can, I can remember watching it when it was mm. when it was live with mm. my with my parents. You know, when I was like kind of small child, and it, and it it worked then. Yeah. You know, it worked as a program for a small child. Yes. And you know, my parents had both yeah. lived through the war. My dad was in he was in the Home Guard. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm actually not, had a personal connection for Yeah, him, so know. I'm, you know... We well, yeah, had one, just like that. Well, I mean, you've said that to me before, that all theatre groups have the same characters. Yeah. So imagine all, all home guard... Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the interesting one was my dad would have been early 20s. Right, so he'd have been the pike. But he was also... Uh, tell him, McGregor! But, but, he, but he, was, he was also Scottish, and he was right. in the home guard down in Cheltenham. Oh, dear. He was a so, hybrid. So, so was he... <laughs> He was a Fraser Pike. So was he a Fraser? Or was he a Pike? Was he a Pike Fraser? Oh, oh dear me. So <laughs> we're all doomed. Where's my scarf? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mattering. Uncle Arthur. Aye. <laughs> right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I think I think we've entertained you enough on your island, and you're and you're going to always be reliving when that that gold goes in the top yes. left corner of the net. Yeah. Forevermore, that'll, that'll be carved on your tombstone or carved on your heart in in, in your Scottish heart as yeah. Topport County. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, thanks for that, Sandy. Cheers, so just about it for Vision on Sound this week. Next time, mm. next time, if either Sandy or I feel we can we can uh, be bothered. <laughs> now, if we can actually think of something to talk about next week. If we can actually get into the city and the city's not got all its shutters down, and although this is a couple of weeks later, so it's probably opening up again now, who knows? Uh, I'd like to thank Sandy for his chat. Uh, thank, thank everyone here at Fab Radio International for uh, their efforts this week, and uh, we hope to be with you again soon. Take care. Bye bye.
Put on your DJ voice, Sandy. Come on. There we go. <laughs> this is for all the listeners out there. Oh, there you go. Play Misty for me. <laughs> what again? <laughs> You're always playing Misty, son. 